Now, joining me in studio today is somebody I think you can call one of the lucky ones, somebody who went to the rock bottom of drug addiction but managed not only to survive it but to turn his life around completely. His name is Kyle Evans, and he has just got back to Cape Town after running across the Arctic Circle for nearly a week, raising funds to help other addicts who need the kind of help that he was lucky enough to get. And um, I'm going to leave it to him to share the rest of the story with us. Kyle, great to have you with us, and welcome back. Bit of a cold, uh, shock to the system, though, to go from Arctic to temperatures to 40 degrees in Cape Town yesterday. How are yeah. you feeling physically? It was very hot. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, yeah. Just a little bit run down, uh, which could be expected. Yeah. But yeah, feeling good. It's all just coming together now, what I've done. And yeah, just a lot of time to reflect. And we're going to talk about what you've done. But first, I think we need to talk about the background as to, to how you got there and why you were doing it. Kyle, your Instagram handle kind of says it all because you call yourself at Kyle Evans. 2.0. What was Carl Evans 1.0 like? Uh, very lost, lost boy. Like yeah. a little, like, I say I was living as an eight-year-old. Uh, I spoke to people like, to help me on my journey, you know, and I think when we go through a lot of stuff as a child, we have a little kid that then takes over to protect us. So I behaved a lot like a little eight-year-old throughout my life. Yeah. And like I've finally like taken those reins back, you know. I'm going to leave it to you to tell us as much or as little as you want to about your story, but I think it is important to let our listeners know where you were at a point just a couple of years ago. When I say you hit rock bottom, you were struggling with addiction. Do you want to talk to us about how you got there and and what that path was like for you? Yeah, so I came from a broken home, and uh, I just didn't have good role models for relationships. So my relationships were I was in, I didn't handle very well. And I turned to substance very early on, like 15. Yeah. I think in South Africa, it's very common for drinking and, you know, drinking is so common. And I remember I got, actually, like before that, I got paralytic drunk. I organized a bottle of alcohol, I think about age of 11. Sure. And passed out in a park where you could still do that before getting killed. Yeah. But um, I just found that as an escape and I used it to escape my life without me knowing and I was probably a full-blown addict by the age of 15. And that carried on for 14 years when I just yeah, started to grow up. And then I really tried to get help. I have a lot of clean dates and stuff tattooed on me. Like that was the last time. And eventually I tried to kill myself. But thank God I woke up. And I started dating someone who was also an addiction. And I was trying to... We were both trying to get clean, and, th- and that yeah. doesn't work, mm. you know. And the one time she came, I was staying in a place, and she came, and I just looked at her, and I'm like, who the who the hell could ever love you? Like, you're so terrible. And I looked in the mirror when she left and thought, who the hell could ever love you? And I just fell to my knees and started praying. And, yeah, the next day I went into an AA meeting, and I grabbed the oldest guy with the most... Um, experience and I begged him to help me change my life and he said uh, look at you you're full of tattoos whatever you say are you gonna beat me up I'm, I'm not going to I can't help you sure. and I just I started crying and I was just like I'll do whatever you say and he said okay go to 90 meetings in 90 days and you're gonna meet me every single Monday at Arnold's and we're gonna do step work and that's what I did like I moved my off my nighttime clients I gave up that money and I just went to the meetings every single night. And I just gave my, threw, threw everything I had at it. 
And then three months later, my wonderful wife walked into the gym because mm. I think uh, whatever you believe in God or the universe knew that it's not easy for me to stay clean, you know, but yeah, she's been a ma- had a massive impact on my life. So from a state where you were at absolute rock bottom, literally living out of a bag, suffering from addiction for over a decade, to having that moment of realizing, I've got to tear this around, it's going to take desperate measures. You obviously committed yourself to that process. Did you ever look back? I know it's not always sim- as simple as, um, this is going to be the time it works, as you've referenced, you've bounced there and back before. What was it, do you think, about the approach um, that worked this time? I just think I was over at luck. I couldn't even get killing myself right. Like, I just knew, always knew that there was good in me, you know? And my wife loved me. I told my wife every single thing I'd ever done. And she, like, she's the only person that knows, you know? Mm. She didn't even, like, flutter an eyelid. And I think that love for me, like, I, I, I never thought someone could love me like that, you know, so unconditionally. And I think that just gave me faith in myself. And yeah, there's been times where like I've wanted to slip and she's like, she's holding me accountable and maybe cause fights with her thinking she's going to kick me out and then I can go and use. But we got over that together. And I mean, it was so funny. Like I couldn't not take drugs. I couldn't not drink. Like it was impossible. And now like you couldn't get me to take drugs. Like there's no, there's no chance. Like I just, that is so far away from my life now like hmm. I'm in such an incredible place right now where I get to do things that I never thought would ever be possible like for me like you know hmm. I didn't even have money to go to Durban I had to like, get on I had to get a bus ticket to go to my mom like to get help you know but now I'm flying across the world it's just a beautiful experience so the reason you've been flying across the world most recently was to undertake um, a fairly epic adventure in the Arctic Circle. Um, you've heard the references to Jim. Uh, you, if you were looking at Carl, you could see straight away he's somebody that's super fit now and very healthy, it looks like. And, and Carl, you, I mean, you've really thrown yourself into a new life as a fit, healthy, endurance sportsman, athlete, and you've recently participated in a run across the Arctic Circle. Um before we talk about what you did there, let's talk about why. Because this wasn't just about seeing, can I do it myself? Although I'm sure that was part of the adventure. But you did it with a very clear fundraising goal behind it, didn't you? Yeah. So when I got into ultra running, it was all about me. Um, it was very selfish at times. Probably like my wife had to deal with a lot. You spend a lot of time alone, away from the people you love. and But I knew it was going to save my life. Like. Mm-hmm. It really brought something good out of me. The impact I saw about the, of the, on the people around me was massive. And I actually started a company, Mindset Movement, based on that, where I take people and train them up for running. Because I thought, you know, if ultra running, I don't be specific with ultra running, even just running, anything, you do a 5K, can literally change your life. If it gets you off the couch, like eating Doritos, watching Netflix, mm. and now all of a sudden you... You're in this community of people that do healthy things, you know, that can change your life. And I, I started a company based around that. And when I was going into this race, you know, I thought in the beginning, everything was so selfish and just all about me. But why don't I use this to save other people's lives? And 
a guy I know, Luke, from the church, like he's, they started this Quiver Foundation and they haven't, they haven't helped anyone yet because they, why I believe in it so much is they're so strict about it. I've tried to sponsor people with drug addiction. Mm. It is so hard. Like, not a lot of people get off drugs. It's, it, it grips you, you know, especially living here where it's all... So freely available. Yeah, yeah, but it's also like, it's not even frowned upon. It's, uh, you know what I mean? Like, you don't understand how much these people are suffering. Even me, like, I was suffering so much, but people thought I was just having fun. You know, but mm. what happens behind closed doors, you're not having fun anymore. And it's just so accepted. You know, and people, they say they want to get clean, but sometimes they're just looking for attention. But what they're doing, the people they're dealing with in the Quiver Foundation, these are not like Camps Bay kids with credit cards. These are people in Woodstock with no teeth. Do you know what I mean? And they read, and the, the people, um, Vilma and Frank, they were those people, you know, and, and they're not just going to throw money at someone that's going to just waste it and like, go to rehab and then get back. So they're spending a lot of time with these people and investing their time to find out like who really wants to get clean. So that's why they haven't even helped anyone yet. And they have got something, someone on the books now, someone that I've actually met before. So I thought, you know, how much money do you need? And it was 100000 for now because obviously they don't have, have the connections and stuff for the dental, which we'll get um, going forward. Mm -hmm. But I thought, well, let me just raise 100000 And it was amazing because as soon as we anno I announced it last minute because I've dealt with a lot of injuries and I just want to put my head down and train and get to the point. So I announced it like right before we went and then someone phoned Luke and said, I'll back whatever he, whatever he raises. So we're, and we're, we're over 3,000 pounds now, so that's 6,000 pounds. So that anonymous, I know they've, they've not wanted to be identified, but they are, they are matching every cent that's been raised by the people sponsoring your run. Yes. Uh, okay, and that money, as you say, earmarked to help an individual get their life back on track with whatever that takes. And as you said, for some people that's going to be rehab, for some people it's going to need... Dental work for those who don't know the the impact of drug addiction on one's teeth uh, my, is my, horrendous. My, my um, tooth broke right yeah. before. <laughs> yeah, sure, but. So the race was in the Arctic Circle. So tell us more about what you've just done because you're coming back here strolling in in shorts and a t-shirt as if you've been in the Cape Town sunshine for the last few months. But just a couple of days ago, you were in a very very different world. Tell us what you did. So we ran 230 kilometers through the Arctic to the Arctic Circle. So just back out of it. Uh, it's a race called Beyond the Ultimate. They take people in very extreme locations, and we get to experience that in a safish way. Um, yeah, culture, not culture shock, just the environment shock. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, my brain still. <laughs> but, <laughs> but environment shock, I uh, learned a lot, like you sweat, you die. So it's, it's very different. I mean, you're running a race, but you you got to control how much you sweat. So you got to control your outputs because there was, a, <laughs> I mean, I experienced it once over the frozen lakes where the wind was kicking up and it was a whiteout. So I couldn't really see in front of me. And I needed to put my third layer on because I was getting extremely cold in my mitts. And just stopping for three minutes to do that, I thought I was in a predicament. Like no. you, you have a little red button on you that you can press and they're in there with us and snowmobiles, yeah. <laughs> which is like, which kills you because it's on your back. Like whenever you want, you can get out of this mess, you know, 
but yeah i got it on and just kept moving and felt good but like it's crazy how just stopping for that little amount of time like you could be in a very bad Position, yeah. yeah. So I mean, extreme conditions pushing yourself to keep going. I, I I love that sort of symbolism that you've got the escape button there, knowing that you can push it if you want to. It strikes me, Carl. It kind of feels like it, it's almost like an addict knowing I can always go back and get a fix and I'll feel feel better in some way. Yeah. Did you, Did you sort of feel that 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 almost pushing yourself to carry on without? asking for help without pushing and taking the easier way out of pushing the button was that kind of part of the mental process you went no, through i didn't feel that age you know um so a lot of people on my social media know that the airport lost my bag with all my stuff in oh, i had to replace everything on the day i landed the next day they gave me no hope on finding it i had to go and replace everything in my bag i never relaxed for one second uh, exactly one hour before the bus left i was still buying stuff for the oh. race so Nothing was going to stop me for this race. As I said, my tooth broke. They needed an emergency root canal, which they couldn't do in the time frame. So they ended up just yanking my tooth out. So I had toothache, a lost bag. Like I was never going to press that button. Like <laughs> there's a thing in ultra running, death before DNF. Death not before finish, did yeah. not finish. I was <laughs> like death before DNF. Like it cost me way too much, too much money to sit and press a button there. Carl, one of our listeners asked you on the WhatsApp line how family and friends or former friends have responded to the turnaround in your life. Have you found that people who had written you off and walked away from Kyle 1.0 have found a way back to Kyle 2.0? Or have you had to accept that, that some of those relationships are, are, are lost for good? I think I've done a lot of bad in my life. Uh, I don't think some people would forgive me, but I have had a lot of people message me uh, from my past. Mm-hmm. Um, when you, the biggest thing from, t- to save your life from addiction is to get rid of everyone that you were on being an addict. It's the hardest thing to do. Like you need to change your environment. So there's people I don't speak to and <laughs> I mean, they were my friends, but I, I, even with my clients, that's what I say, you need to change your environment. So I don't really think about that much, but I have got received a lot of messages and yeah, I'm just focusing on what's in front of me and the people's lives that I change now. And when you do step four in step work, you do say sorry to people. I have had said sorry to the people that I thought I've heard a lot. Um, actually, a girl when I was a girl I used to date actually messaged me when I was doing it, and I actually said sorry to her, and she said I never heard her. So okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you are in the privileged position of having had the opportunity to do that. And, Carl, I mean, I know you don't take that for granted. Uh, if, if you follow your Instagram page and see the kind of messaging that's out there, it strikes me you are acutely acutely aware of the gift of this second chance. Um, so this decision that this race was going to count to helping somebody else get that second chance, how does it feel to have got to the end of it, to know you've, you've hit your target and beyond if you're on £6,000 already? Is it something you think that you'll keep on doing? Or was this a kind of a, I needed to do this to make it not just selfish, but that w- that was a once-off? What do you think? So this is just the start. Um, I plan on running 230Ks through the Amazon jungle in June. Wow. Okay. Um, 
what sort of training goes into that? I mean, a 40-degree day, 40 day in Cape Town would have been a help yesterday, but what do you have to do to get your body ready for that kind of adventure? Well, the funny thing, I had to send, well, I had to send my coach an essay on why I'm going to do it. My coach <laughs> was very specific, so I just had to explain to him why I wanted to do this and about the training and everything. Um, I want my training to be very adventurous. Uh, when I used to train, when I used to live in Dubai, when I started this, we used to sleep in the desert for the weekend. Mm. I would leave my wife to the aircon and I would go sleep in the desert, run back to back days, carrying all our food and stuff on us. I said to him, like, that's what I want to get involved in again. I want to go sleep in the mountains in the Cedarburg with just me and my mates, run my back to backs, like 30, 40 Ks back to back with our food on our backs. I want to get back into that adventurous stage because next year I want to enter the Yukon 1000 mile sure. paddle race. Yeah. So you need to have a very outdoorsy resume to do that like I'm not a paddler but at least I can show them look like always in the mountains I've done these two of the well I also want to do a desert race mm -hmm. but I've done two of the harshest environments in the world back to back within three months and yeah also a desert race so I just want to build my CV so I can do the Yukon because they're very strict okay you need, yeah, you need to register with them and I might not be a big paddler but if I can show them my mindset's there and my outdoor experience there because it's the most infested grizzly bear uh, territory of the world. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I'm quite obsessive. So, um, and the guy's going to do it with me. My the guy works with me, Didier. He's an engineer, so I think between me and him, we can work out how to keep our food away from bears. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I look forward to a follow-up conversation once the bears are behind you. Carl, final question because we must hand over to news. If listeners listening to this want to know more about your story, want to perhaps make a, a contribution to the fundraising campaign or want to reach out uh, based on what they've heard today, what's the best way to make contact with you? Go my Instagram, Carl Evans 2.0. And on my bio is the link for the Quiver Foundation um, to donate. Awesome. Congratulations on pulling it off. And, uh, Carl, good luck to you. Look forward to hearing about the Amazon next time we chat. Thank you so much.